Well, good morning, church. And we bless God for another month. I hope we all had a great first month. Um, the rest are short. I don't know how it went for you, but all that I want to say is just be rest assured and enjoy the journey with God being in charge of the steering wheel or the cockpit of your life. Amen. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for an opportunity to come before your throne of grace where we are able to sit at your feet and hear your word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and clarity of speech, yet in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. Let your word carry with it transformative power this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we began our discourse on wisdom, and it is believed whenever we spend a considerable amount of time in the presence of the Lord, like we have done during these past two weeks, during our fasting and prayer program, we really believe that we come into contact with the true riches of God. And when we are talking about one of the true riches of God is wisdom. In the New Testament, when the Bible uses the word riches, it's not really talking about money. It's talking about something deeper than money. In Old Testament, riches might mean currency, but in the New Testament, especially in the epistles, wherever the Bible uses the word riches, on most occasions, it refers to the eternal blessings that are associated with redemption. And one of the true riches that we've come into contact with is wisdom. So we believe. Amen. And as a believer in Christ, uh, you have to understand wisdom is not a far-fetched concept. It's a blessing and it's a reality that you have experienced. So walk in it boldly. First Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 29 says something. It says that, For Christ has been made unto us wisdom from God, sanctification, redemption, and righteousness. It starts verse, um, I think, uh, 29 or 28, that let's no man glory, let's no man boast. Okay, we are who we are. We are as Christians, we become righteous, we are redeemed, we are sanctified, we have wisdom. Why? Because it's based on the finished works of Christ. It's not something that we should boast about. Amen. So we believe that we have received this wisdom and we want to set the wheels of wisdom in motion in our life. Last week, we went ahead to define it and we defined it as using knowledge skillfully that you comprehend or knowledge you understand by inspiration. And that's very important, especially in today's message, the word inspiration will, will be highlighted strongly. And then we looked at what wisdom can do. Uh, we looked at three passages of scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. Uh, the same book of Ephesians, again, chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, and James chapter 1, verse 2 to 5. From these three scriptures, we deduce eight things that wisdom can do. One, enlightened understanding. Two, it helps us to know the future of our core, that's heaven, or we become very eternity-minded. It takes a, a, a wise person 
to be eternity minded. He he puts everything in the bigger picture, and the bigger picture in a Christian context is looking at things from an eternity perspective. Number three, gains insight into Christ's riches, which is our inheritance. And this morning at our Bible study, we, we, we were talking about Christ's riches. It's, it's something that we have to gain insight and gain understanding into, which is our inheritance. You have to understand this, your inheritance. The fourth thing, we will know the exceeding greatness of Christ's power. Anybody who is a wise believer is not afraid of the devil. Because he will size up the devil, he will size up problems, he will size up every circumstance with the exceeding greatness of Christ's power. The magnitude of Christ's power alone gives him solace to take it easy. You, when you know the exceeding greatness of Christ's power, you don't panic. Number five, you know what to do when in trials. Number six, you walk circumspectly. A very big Bible word means you work diligently, cautiously, carefully, and all that. Uh, number seven, you become a great steward of time. And number eight, you are in the know of the will of God. A wise believer knows the will of God. And like we said, the will of God is not static. The will of God is very dynamic. And you will need to have constant relationship, constant touch with the Father to always be in the know or becoming abreast with what the will of God is for this particular moment or season that any of us will find ourselves in. Amen. So in my opening remarks, I did say that we will look at what wisdom can do, which we've done that. I said that we were going to look at the hallmarks of wisdom. And then we'll look at the benefits of wisdom. So today, I just want to tackle the second aspect of the hallmarks of wisdom. Uh, the hallmarks of wisdom will help us to really paint a true, correct, and biblical picture or portrait of what wisdom truly is. And it will leave little guesswork or room for imagination. So one of the gravest errors on man's part is to presume a thing. It, it is often said that presumption, most times, is the matter of all mess-ups. So, you know, don't, don't presume you might know what wisdom is. You will have to have um, an educated knowing and, and a precise knowing to come to the place to know what wisdom is done to rely on presuppositions and, and all that stuff. Amen. And I, I even realized that even when it comes to the Bible, one of the dangerous things you can do is to presume. I've even sometimes presumed, and it's, it's, it's caused me great mistakes. For example, you can be reading the Bible and you will look at a word, and you might presume the meaning. And then when you look at it, it's like, wow. It means something completely different, you know. So uh, we, we should give little room for presumption and always come to a place of informed knowing. That's the best. Amen. So today we just want to talk about what is wisdom by looking at the features. And when we look at the features, 
it will paint to us a biblical portrait of wisdom. Amen. So please go with me to James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, Confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, you have to understand the audience, the author of this book, James, was addressing. He was addressing teachers, mostly, or people who wanted to be teachers among Christians. You know, when you read chapter 3 or verse 1, Apostle Paul says, James, I'm sorry, said that not everybody should want to be a teacher. Why? Because they are judged with the strict measure than the folk. He was no way in any sense discouraging ministry, you know, because most times the Bible really encourages us to make use of our gifts, to go into ministry and everything. But I, I believe that Apostle James was looking more at the attitude, the motive for which these people wanted to be teachers. They wanted to lord it over their fellow brethren without considering the eternal ramifications of it. So Apostle James is looking at these teachers or so-called who want to be teachers, asking, who among you is wise and understanding among you? And, you know, in those days, what was called wisdom was your eloquence. You had verbiage, you know how to talk. Um, you had knowledge, had knowledge. And Apostle James is saying that none of this is equal to wisdom. The fact that you can speak very good English, and in those days it's Greek, the fact that you are proficient in the Greek language, you can quote some uh, Greek philosophers, and you sound very aristocratic and very educated and and you know how to weave your way around the scriptures, doesn't make you wise and doesn't make you a man of understanding. Who is a man of wisdom? Who is a man of understanding? And that's a question that we have to keep asking ourselves. When you see somebody, you ask, is this person wise? Does he have understanding? Even ask yourself, am I wise? Do I have understanding? What yardstick do we use to measure who is wise and who is understanding? It's not the one who knows how to speak. I mean, having oratorial skills is a blessing, but that is not what makes us know you are wise. 
according to the Bible, or having a, a broad knowledge of everything that goes on in this world, you will see some people, they are so vexed in current events. They know what is happening in America. They know what happened in the 19th century, 18th century, 17th century. They can go as far back as first century. Very vexed, well knowledgeable. They know what is happening in China. They know the events in Ukraine. They know what is happening in Europe. They can even tell you what's happening in Africa. They can go on to tell you the capital cities of the world. That is not a man of wisdom. But during James's time, that is what will qualify to be a, a, a man of wisdom or someone who, who takes the mic. You know, like when you have a group of people, the person that always comes up in front, SNL, as they will say, strong natural leader, the one who will come in front and who will command the audience and, and will command the attention of people. James is putting all these things to, to, to shame and putting them at base that none of these things or none of these yastics qualify to call us wise or a man of understanding. So it's not oratory. It's not head knowledge. It's not what you think you know. It's bigger than that. When we are talking about someone who has wisdom, someone who is a man of understanding, it's, it's not mere knowledge. It's not talking. It's not flexing your authority or even being an SNL, so to speak, strong natural leader. But when we are talking about a man who is of wisdom and of understanding, there are two things according to the scripture that makes one qualified to be a man of wisdom and understanding. Good conduct and works. That's it. And in the spirit of Christ this morning, if we want to know a man of wisdom, a man of great understanding, he might not be oratorial, he might not even be an SNL, right? He might not even, you know, know even things concerning this world. He, he, might, he, he might even be politically challenged. He might not be up to speed with current events. But one that has a good character and out of the good character comes his works. The Bible deems that person a man of wisdom and a man of great understanding. And the Bible lets us know that this kind of wisdom, it, it flows in the meekness of wisdom. It, you do your, you, 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 you show by good conduct and your works, which is done by the meekness of wisdom. Real wisdom is humility. Real wisdom is not a show of, not a show but is humility. He says, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So, conduct is a yardstick of wisdom. The works that flow out of your good conduct is a yardstick of wisdom and then humility. It comes in meekness. Not showboating. You are not the type that will let everybody know, I know. You know, there are some people, wherever you go, they will let you know, I know. I know this, I know that. 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 
before the person can even finish, they will finish the statement. That is not a man of wisdom because it's not done in the meekness of wisdom. So when we are talking about wisdom, that's why I'm saying that we can't presuppose. We have to drop all our presumptions and then look through the lens of God's word to judge truly who is a wise man. So maybe the audience during James's day, they may have been awed by, wow, look at how he speaks. Look at the command of the language. Look, look at the books he's referring to. They read a lot, you know, about head knowledge, being vexed in current events, knowing how to speak fluently, knowing how to put your points across, being a strong leader. All these things are not signs of wisdom. A good conduct. Biblical wisdom places a lot of emphasis on good conduct. I am talking about good conduct in a biblical sense. You can only have good conduct when you have received Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of yourself now will begin to flow what is really called good. You can't be good outside receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. So good conduct, the works that flow out of a good conduct, and then wisdom being demonstrated in meekness, humility. It doesn't point to yourself. It doesn't point to yourself. It rather points to the creator and the giver of wisdom, who is Christ Jesus. That's why I like the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29 to 31. Let no man glory in himself. Believer, you are wise, not because you are smart. You are wise because of Christ. Believer, you are redeemed because of Christ. You are righteous because of Christ. You are sanctified because of Christ. Four major blessings are mentioned there if you read that scripture. All those four powerful blessings came not because of any human endeavors, any human efforts. It came because of Christ. And the Bible says, let no man glory in that. Amen. Now, in verses 14 to 16, James, before he talks about wisdom, talks about one kind of wisdom, which has more to do with self. It is interested in being crafty, shrewd, and tricky. It is against the truth of biblical wisdom. The Bible lets us know that this wisdom is envious and self-seeking, as is being repeated in two verses, verses 14 and 16. You see it come over and over again. It's envious and self-seeking. And the Bible says, where these two are, there is confusion and every evil thing. And sometimes that's what we think we call wisdom. We think that sometimes you are wise because you can pull a fast one on somebody, but that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. You know, it, it, it's it's more about being crafty. The, the fact that you are a crafty person and you are able to, to do something to feather your interests at the expense of somebody doesn't mean you are wise. 
I've even seen sometimes we use words like, wow, he is very wise. Why is he wise? Because he was able to pull a fast one. Well, maybe in the world they will say you are wise, but according to the Bible, that is not wisdom. That is one kind of wisdom. One kind of wisdom. And that is why in my definition of wisdom, I said that it is not only defined as using knowledge skillfully, but it's using knowledge skillfully by inspiration. This is where the word inspiration comes in. So what inspires that kind of wisdom? The Bible lets us know that this wisdom, which has more to do with craftiness, which has more to do with shrewdness and, and trickiness, which, which has more to do with having one over and, and pulling a fast one over, it's, it's inspired by earthly, sensual, and demonic forces. So you might tell me you are wise, but by what inspiration? That's why that definition is very important. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge skillfully. The knowledge that you comprehend skillfully by inspiration. What inspiration? Because you might claim that you are using knowledge skillfully, but the inspiration behind your knowledge, your skillful use of knowledge might be earthly, might be sensual, and might be demonic. And if it's demonic, at the base of it lies envy. At the base of it lies self-seeking. And it doesn't glorify anybody. You see some people who are able to use knowledge skillfully, but the base, the motive behind it is wrong. And that's not wisdom. So before James attempts to delve into the true and the genuine kind of wisdom, he first and foremost touches on wisdom which is earthly, which is sensual, and which is demonic. And if you are tricky, you are not wise. If in your dealings with people, you always want to be ahead at the expense of others, you are not wise. Biblically speaking, you might be operating in an earthly kind of wisdom. You might be operating in a sensual kind of wisdom. You might be operating, hear me very well, in a demonic kind of wisdom. And you need deliverance. It's nowhere, nowhere near wisdom. You are nowhere near wise than us. I'm nowhere near going to mass. It's vast opposites. You can't be tricky and say you are wise. You can't beat the law and say you are wise. At the base of it lies envy and self-seeking. If you get your heart's desires by envy, otherwise, you see some people who get things, they get things done all because of envy. And sometimes you want to praise them that they are wise. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. It's an earthly wisdom. It's a demonic wisdom. It's a sensual wisdom. And that kind of wisdom goes nowhere. Stop biblical wisdom. And like James says, we cannot boast and lie against the truth. 
We can't boast and lie against the truth that we are wise people, we are men of understanding, if we are going to operate at such a low frequency of wisdom. God wants us to come to a higher frequency of wisdom. A higher frequency. The low frequency of wisdom is earthly, sensual, it's demonic, and it has more to do with envy and self-seeking. And that's not wisdom. True wisdom is from above. True wisdom is from God. And that's why verse 17 starts with, but the wisdom that is from above. But the wisdom that is from above. Seven words, very important. It juxtaposes the statement with but. But the wisdom that is from above. True wisdom is from above. True wisdom is from God. Pursue God and you receive real and true wisdom. Amen. Now, there are eight things to note on this kind of wisdom. And I think I should stop here. Amen. Because I must be honest, I really wanted to finish everything today, but somehow when I was meditating, I felt... Take your time. Don't rush it. And I want to comply. Amen. So let's just end it here. So today, in an aspect to know what true wisdom is, we have known what wisdom is not. Wisdom is not earthly. It's not sensual. It's not demonic. That's not wisdom. Wisdom that has to do with self-seeking and envy is not wisdom. And the Bible even lets us know in verse 16 that where envy and self-seeking exist, there is confusion and every evil thing. You can't tell me you are wise and then in your atmosphere, in your environment, is confusion and every evil thing. And it is so surprising that where there is confusion, there are people there who claim they are wise. Well, if you are wise, why is there confusion? If you are wise, why is there every evil thing? It didn't say some, some of the evil things, majority of the evil things, every evil thing. And what is left after every? Zilch. So if you claim to operate in wisdom and sin seems to run at bay, Sin seems to have free expression. It's not wisdom. It's a different kind of wisdom. And we need to check that wisdom. The Bible lets us know that during the time of Moses, Moses was wise when he went to see Pharaoh. But Pharaoh also had his magicians who were also wise. It's not the same wisdom. They could all turn their rods into snake. It's not the same miracles. So yes, you may claim to be a wise man, but I put it to you under the microscope of God's word. Under what inspiration? Under what inspiration? True wisdom is from above. And that is why this year 
we have to pursue God. And I like the song that we just sang. It's about pursuing God. When we pursue him, we will experience true wisdom. And when we experience true wisdom, we will be able to differentiate between the different levels and the different frequencies of wisdom. Oh Lord, I pray that may we operate on a higher frequency of wisdom. This low life of wisdom, this low frequency of wisdom that has got the masses praising us, it, it should just disgust us. May we move to a higher frequency of wisdom and we can move to a higher frequency of wisdom not because we, re we read books. We can move to a higher frequency of wisdom not because we looked at Greek scholarly writings. We can move to a higher frequency of wisdom not because we even listen to preachers. Hear me well. We can move to a higher frequency of wisdom because we are pursuing God. Pursue God. Pursue God. I want us to play that song again, but because of copyright issues, let me just pray. End the recording. And please pray, play the song again. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of Thank you, Lord. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. And if the stars were made to worship, so will I. As I can see a
Thank you, Lord. Father, we subscribe to your higher level of wisdom. 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 Level of wisdom. 